coming up on Podcast 1536, Hyundai Confirm, an affordable entry-level EV for European drivers. Stick around, and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the show today, the BMW iX SUV crushing its EPA estimated range. Why electric motorcycles are so popular in Havana and the benefits of solid state batteries to the climate and environment. Well, those stories and a lot more to bring you today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you're listening in the world, it's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. For Wednesday 20th of July, my name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to, and we'll start with this story about Hyundai confirming an affordable entry-level EV for Europe. When speaking with Automotive News Europe, their marketing chief, or their European marketing chief, Andreas Christoph Hoffmann, said a more attainable EV is in the works to meet the increasingly stricter emissions regulations of the European Union. It's going to cost somewhere in the region of €20,000. Now, that appears to be a bit of a sweet spot for low-dollar-value city urban slash, you know, uh, electric vehicles because Volkswagen are targeting the same thing. In 2025, they want city EVs, affordable entry-level EVs from the VW brand, Skoda brand and Cupra brands. Now, Hyundai admitting that developing a small car with an electric drivetrain is tricky because of things like packaging constraints. It's also hard to make a profit with small EVs, hence why they've started with larger models, the larger Arnic 5, Arnic 6, 7, etc. But going smaller, not that we know what it's going to be, whether it's the Arnic 1, 2, 3, 4, etc., the, the biggest of them all at the other end of the scale, these huge SUVs we know will sell well and be very profitable. But uh, that is the challenge for all of the car makers to make smaller cars, but to make money out of them. But Hyundai confirming a small one is coming for Europe. Now, let's move to the used car market next, where Tesla and the Model Y are dominating. The top 10 fastest-selling used cars have been revealed in the US, I should say, with the Model Y... Topping the list, according to iccars.com yesterday. On average, a used car takes 52 days to sell. The hottest cars, however, in the top 10 take 32 days to sell. And uh, the Tesla Model Y taking an average of just 25 days to sell on the used car market. Although, you know what? I've definitely heard of examples of that being quicker, of people not wanting to wait for a new one and happily to pay over the odds to get one. A vehicle that is a $70,000 vehicle and they'll happily buy a used one for, you know, if not sticker, sometimes above sticker price. That's amazing. Now, let's go to Spain next, where they've signed an agreement with the Chinese battery company Envision for four different projects, one of them being an EV battery plant. Envision are going to spend almost 4 billion euros, which is almost $4 billion, what with them being almost one-to-one at the minute, uh, partly funded by the European Union with some aid in there as well. 2.5 billion euros investment, creating 3,000 jobs in one of Spain's poorest regions because uh, they want to build an electric car battery plant there. It'll be the second one in Spain. Now, Spain is Europe's second largest car producer, says Automotive News Europe. They write, VW aims to start building a 40 gigawatt hour plant near Valencia, which requires 3 billion euros in investment in the first quarter of 2023 and series production starting in 2026. 
A link to that story in the show notes to Automotive News. Just showing the lead time as well from deciding to break ground to when you finally get the EV batteries coming out. You know, it's, it's two, three years if not more, uh, you know, at a minimum to build a gigafactory. And we need many of them around the world, which is all part of the lead time problem that we have in electric vehicles uh, at the minute. They are coming, just not in the numbers that the car makers are ready to supply because, well, you know, because batteries. Now let's talk about the BMW iX, a car, an SUV that has plenty of batteries inside. Uh, the BMW iX xDrive 50 has been tested by Edmunds on their real-world range test. They say that it consumed less energy per 100 miles than any other electric midsize SUV that they have tested. And like the i4, the BMW i4, it uses BMW's own unique motors with a brushed AC synchronous design uh, that will use fewer resources and the rare earth metals. Now, Edmunds writes, Over the course of a full day of driving, the BMW iX, average temperature 73 degrees, they did 377 miles. That's the fourth best range they've ever tested. It's 33 miles uh, clear of the previous electric SUV winner, which was the Mustang Mark e California version. They used a V-Box as well, like a GPS data box, uh, which showed it was accurate to the mile. Uh, 62 miles more than EPA they got on their real-world test. Now, it's not like the standardised 70-mile-an-hour range tests that people like Tom Malogny at State of Charge do and Kyle from Out of Spec. Uh, they do, what I would say, the gold standard of range testing because they minimise the variables. Impossible to do completely, but they minimise as many variables as possible. Stick it at 70 miles an hour. Uh, they they try and do as standard and it's impossible to do even two tests on the same day the same, but you know because of traffic uh, and going down to you know sixty eight miles an hour to slow down behind a truck. You know that that one moment will affect the result in a minuscule way. But either way, the Edmunds test, which I kind of I've read about before, they're trying to emulate the real world range. Uh, it is a huge increase, sixty two miles more than EPA, nineteen point seven percent over EPA, uh, topping the BMW i4, which also outperformed EPA by almost twenty percent. Now let's go to Havana next, where young people come and go on their electric motorcycles. Uh, they say in this AP News article, Cuba's been flooded in recent years with motorinas. They're the electric scooters uh, that uh, that's what islanders call them. They've been promoted by the government there as a way of being an efficient alternative to the extreme gas and diesel shortage they have in Havana. Authorities permitted their importation last decade. Cubans can't import motorcycles with combustion engines. Uh, and there's about 300,000 electric scooters on the island. Uh, they cost between two and $5,000, many of them coming through Panama. And young riders, says AP News, young riders organise themselves through social networks and will spend hours discussing the benefits of the different batteries. Electricity will always be cheaper than diesel fuel and gasoline in Havana. And in addition, electric motors are much more efficient than combustion engines, so you go further with less. They're saving 70% of the cost of the fuel, not that they can get the fuel. Okay, pop a link to that in the show notes. That article, by the way, that AP News article, is some really beautiful full-screen photography. You know, a lot of web articles are like small little picture, a few words, and they, they churn it out. This is a really beautiful kind of photo essay of uh, these these scooters, these electric motorcycles in Havana. Uh, some really beautiful photography on this article. So if you are in the show notes or clicking around, 
that would be one that I highly recommend uh, that you have a look at. Now, solid-state batteries. I haven't talked about those in a while, actually, because there's sort of different versions of solid-state, semi-solid-state batteries, but... Whatever improvements are made to batteries, solid-state batteries have for a while been the holy grail of batteries. Uh, but when they're commercialised, and, and and that is not going to be too far away, uh, versions of them are being commercialised already, by the way, but in electric vehicles at that scale, they'll re- they will reduce the carbon footprint of EVs by two-fifths, further increasing the EV advantage over fossil fuels, according to research commissioned by Transport and Environment. And a solid-state battery, which stores its energy with by using fewer materials, uh, will reduce the carbon footprint of an EV, they say by 24%, which is huge, isn't it? When you think that's just a battery improvement. The analysis compared the current cobalt batteries, the nickel manganese cobalt 811, uh, with a solid state battery. And the current technology versus what's coming shows how much is going to be improved. Now, solid state refers to what that means using a solid ceramic material rather than a liquid electrolyte to carry the current. So to carry the electric current, it makes batteries lighter, faster to charge and hopefully cheaper, says transport and environment. New mining methods like extracting lithium from geothermal wells will lower climate impacts than more commonly used sources. Solid state batteries could require more lithium than the current lithium-ion batteries, uh, but far less graphite and cobalt are used. Uh, The requirements in the European Union's batteries regulation programme for lithium says they have to be sourced responsibly in terms of the social and environmental impact of the materials used in our EVs. And, of course, all those materials at the end of life can be reused over and over and over again. The more you refine them, the the better uh, they get. So, so much brilliant news coming out of the battery world right now. We've got a little bit more battery stuff to talk about later on the podcast. But the solid state thing, I kind of shy away from a lot because there's a lot of jam tomorrow promises. And a lot of them aren't a pure solid state. They're kind of this halfway house. So we don't like, otherwise I just end up doing a battery podcast and I'm not an expert. However, maybe I'll bring you a little bit more coverage of that as things get a little bit more concrete. And like I say, heading into the real world and being commercialized. Right, coming up on the podcast very soon. I will talk about Stellantis wanting to rent you an EV and why we think we know more now about Tesla's V4 supercharger. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Now, let's do a little bit of sleuthing with the team at Motor1.com. They were on Chevrolet's website, and if you look at the drop-down list, it says upcoming vehicles, and they saw a picture, the side view of the Equinox EV, which we hadn't seen this angle before or this shot. It is um, connected to the Blazer's debut because they've updated the page with the new Blazer, which I've been talking about on the podcast. But next to it is a small thumbnail of the Equinox EV. However, diving into the HTML of the page, uh, the gang at Motor1.com found themselves a high-res version of the Equinox and showing flush door handles, very much Tesla-esque, and how it could be a smart choice for perhaps younger buyers wanting a more tech-focused experience. All we've got is that side view because it matches the same angle as all of the cars on that Chevy, like here's our all of the cars page. So it's that same angle. Uh, But have a look at the link in the show notes if you want to see a high-res version. Uh, The best example I've seen 
of what the car would look like outside of all the, you know, jazzy press shots and the two-tone black roof stuff. So really interesting because that is potentially a $30,000 car. Now, Stellantis want to offer you electric as you go. They're launching a new rental scheme called Electric As You Go. It's a long-term rental service uh, for the cars made by the Stellantis Group. Uh, It's delivered by PSA Bank and Opal Bank, who are backing it. Uh, You with a limited down payment initially, and then a small monthly fee, which starts at 110 euros a month. You then pay how much you use the car, and so it's seven cents per kilometer. And there's a 500 kilometer minimum. So working that out. 500 kilometer minimum, basic 110 euros, that to be 35 euros if you do 500 times 0.07, uh, then that's a basic fee of 145 euros a month, which is a very, very low fee as a monthly fee to get a Peugeot E208, an Opel Corsa E. Um, it's a it's a pay-by-use trend, which I think we're going to see more in EV world as EVs provide car makers an opportunity to try different business models. Of course, the car isn't yours. And we've seen with the residual values of EVs that actually you can can do 10,000 miles and then sell the used car for pretty much what you bought it for. So all of these cars will remain the property of Stellantis uh, through their own bank, PSA Bank, um, which I guess they would have inherited when Peugeot and Citroën joined as part of the group. Um, But you can rent your car. Uh, on a when they say long term monthly, I don't know the minimum payment. Couldn't find that, but I'll pop a link to the Stellantis Media website where I found this. If you'd like more details, now we're seeing some more details of Tesla's V4 superchargers. Uh, this is Drive Tesla Canada. They've been pretty good, I must admit, at a, a bit of sleuthing on this. And now we see some uh, diagrams of the V4. What they think is V4 supercharger, uh, more of a design which. Looks like, if you've seen pictures of the Mega Chargers, it looks like that, but a smaller version. Or, if you have seen pictures of the Tesla Urban Supercharger, or maybe it's just called the Urban Charger, which is doesn't have the kind of the gap in the middle. It's just one, it's got a solid front and back. This picture looks like a slightly bigger version of the Urban Charger from Tesla. So they're not redesigning anything massive. It's nothing that we haven't seen from Tesla's design team before. But these guys at Drive Tesla Canada reckon this is the V4 station uh, that is going to be used with the Magic Dock. So it will come with the Tesla cable, and on the end of that cable is the Tesla connector, but then also attached to the charger, which I guess would release at some point the adapter. The adapter uh, plugs onto the end of the cable, and that goes into your CCS-enabled car so that third parties can use it. The cable looks a lot longer, by the way, in the sketch, and there's no way of telling if this is V4. It's just a planning application uh, that they found for a new supercharger station going into Massachusetts at Danvers. And they're sort of doing a bit, you know, two plus two could equal four. So they think this is the V4 design. The cable looks a lot longer, which could be some feedback from Europe in terms of the third-party cars, non-Tesla cars, in other words, that all all have their charge point in a different place. So to avoid blocking or parking, weirdly. Now, let's talk about ZapBat. They're a battery provider doing a deal with Toshiba to merge their own software with next-generation battery chemistry. Toshiba are developing lithium-titanium oxide batteries. They're called LTO batteries. I haven't talked about those very much on the podcast. Very good for micro-mobility, e-scooters and things like that. Uh, you can 
uh, charge them faster. Uh, the software that Zap Bat are bringing means that uh, you can have some real-time battery management to know how those batteries are being used, maybe in fleets of e-scooters and things like that, to optimise charging. Micromobility is kind of the buzzword around all of this. The cells have a 100% usable charge state. They go down to minus 30 degrees C, so really cold temperatures. Virtually no risk of thermal runaway, a bit like the BYD blade batteries. Different chemistry, of course, but very, very stable. All of that good for e-mobility because micro-mobility has faced a bit of a bad press issue because of some fires occurring with what I would presume are cheaper made batteries in some of these e-scooters. Now, let's join the army in the US. General Motors subsidiary GM Defense has been chosen to provide light to heavy duty battery electric trucks for the US Army. The company is required to deliver a battery EV that will cut the reliance on fossil fuels in in operational and garrison environments. The US Army will use the vehicle for analysis and demonstration to learn from it what does the US Army need from electric vehicles. They're going to use, you won't be surprised to hear, the Hummer EV for this uh, to promote their electric future. Uh, GM are investing $35 billion in total developing EVs and so the US Army looking to uh, use GM Defence, a different bit of the company, to provide those military vehicles. Now they've already bought one Hummer and according to that description the US Army said the purpose of this is to procure a new light battery electric vehicle, heavy duty battery electric vehicle for analysis and demonstration, uh, the vehicle will need to support scalable and adaptable capability to reduce reliance on fossil fuels. And the vehicle will have to demonstrate effectively how to store and distribute power to soldiers. That's really interesting, uh, isn't it? And US Army are also dealing with Canoe, uh, the EV maker Canoe. Last week, they revealed uh, that the US Army has approached them for vehicles that offer scalable and adaptable capabilities, modular vehicles that can spawn a variety of sizes and styles. Uh, the minivan, the pickup truck, and the large van from a canoe are three vehicles that would probably work well in an army environment uh, with a different body on top, of course. Even NASA plans to look at Canoe's platform for vehicle transportation. And the final story is... Nothing really about specific vehicles or batteries or anything, but simply some new research from Bain and Company that I came across today. Uh, they've published a PDF. Uh, you can download that. I'll pop a link to the story in the show notes if you want to. Uh, it's kind of a long read, but it's interesting because the headline from this Bain and Company research says that EVs will reshape the industry faster than ever anticipated. The profit pool for those in the charging sector uh, show that that is growing to 13.5 billion industry by 2030. Uh, about 6 billion in the US, 5 billion in the European Union, and 2.5 in China. In the near term, investment will flow into building infrastructure. In trans it charging profitability is all going to depend on the ability to use those charges regularly what they call high utilization rates winning in this sector will require large capital expenditure to create fast reliable networks of 150 kilowatt plus but in the future the largest pool of profit they think is going to come from home charging and increasingly workplace charging that won't be mega fast charging maybe slow trickle charging all day long while you're in the office or in your workplace they also point to grid smart energy services as a huge profit pool for the future now look if you listen to this podcast regularly i'm guessing you knew this already but Interesting that a research paper comes out that is 
obviously been it's well referenced and well sourced and all these things because I can tell you but I'm an idiot on a podcast these are the areas that over the next decade if you operate a business or anything like that in this sector it's just massively massively exciting uh, right now uh, they point out that battery electric vehicles will make up 55% of total car sales in Europe by the end of the decade 40% in China and just 32% in the US and that's your podcast for today question of the week is taking a short break for now but it will return email me anytime anything ev news daily sorry hello at evnewsdaily.com is my email address hi to our premium partners phil roberts of electric future brad crosby porsche of the village in cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging you can find all about the chargers they will supply uh, they're on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley from the ev review island youtube channel richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling evs in the uk if you are in the uk and you want to charge your vehicle octopus electric juice is the only card you need one card one map one app one place for billing it's very, very cool. And milbrookcottages.co.uk. They are five-star luxury cottages down in Devon. If you want to take a break, down tools, as it were, and relax between now and Christmas, then check out their website at milbrookcottages.co.uk. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.